If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Do it. I'm driving. Or can you do it? We're all driving, bud. We are doing car cast um, to the official Bud Hole podcast. What's going on, Gages Rage? Not a whole lot, buddy. Another great sunny day, and uh, we're still kicking and breathing. We're one week closer to official NFL kickoff, player. Yeah, we had uh, the Hall of Fame game was last Thursday. Neither of us really caught a whole hell of a lot from it. Um, it was miserable up there, uh, and the TV kept going in and out, so. I caught some plays. I didn't catch much, and I missed most of uh, Josh Jacobs playing, which was like half the game. Uh, <laughs> but it was exciting. Yeah, that is the big takeaway. Uh, I was at my mom's 60th birthday surprise party, so I missed the entire game. But uh, happy birthday, Mama T. Game, yeah, happy birthday, Rocky. Uh, there was a lot of starters getting a lot of snaps in that first pre season game. I think there's pros and cons to it. world uh christian mccaffrey your your stud back out there for more than what they have to be because you know what they can do it might they might be rusty week one but at least week one is a meaningful game not a chance of getting hurt in a game that doesn't matter so there's there's give and take but josh jacobs to me is a guy that wasn't drafted by this regime uh mcdaniels doesn't have any ties to him they didn't pick up his fifth year option so I don't think they're going to pander to him and not play him because he very well could be traded. They have no ties after this year is done. So he's got to prove himself to the coach for him to be able to play him. And it could be a, a situation where they're really trying to work his, as much reps into him as they can to either, you know, wear the shit out of him and get rid of him or – show that he has some potential and possibly get any sort of draft pick out of him. Uh, There's not a ton of news on Zamir White in this training camp preseason hype fest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Zamir showed a lot of good stuff. He played for a really good college. Uh, He's got a big body. He's an older guy. He's already 23 years old for a running back. There's going to be a lot of potential there for the young guys coming in. And it's not a league that supports a second contract for running backs anymore. Unless we don't see a lot have, of success with it. No, you have to have so much 
uh, skill and potential. You have to be the bell cow. You have to be the uh, the players that have it now. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones. These guys earned their second contract. Josh Jacobs hasn't shown he's deserved that so far. Not not a big one to stay with the team. Now, he'll go somewhere else. He's not done in the league. If he's not with the Raiders next year, it's not like he's done in the league. Um, he could even get a starting job where he's getting a majority of the carries. But Jacobs has always been a guy to me that's been a little bit more mad. I haven't really been in love with Josh Jacobs. He's, he's not a guy that in redraft you want to take him high because to me he doesn't show the potential to be the number one overall. He's a solid RB2 in my mind um, when you're drafting him. But as far as like actual NFL, yeah, he's not – he hasn't done anything and maybe he hasn't been given um, the opportunity to the best of his ability to get a big contract. But nonetheless, he hasn't done it. Exactly. And that's what the NFL is cut with. You know, you make money based off what you've done. Uh, not what you can potentially do for the most part. For the most part, yeah. I'd agree with that. There's so, I, there's a little bit of both. You get more if you've done a lot and you they believe you can still do more. You're going to get more money than just having done a lot. Exactly. Yeah, and that that's the way the NFL operates, and it's a fantasy football manager and uh, trying to predict – as best you can, what happens in the NFL? That's the frustrating relationship, because um, you you yeah. know you you know a guy is talented. You see the the college film, and you see him in the combine, and then he gets drafted to a great opportunity. But then all of that could go right, and then an NFL coach could just go, "No, I don't wanna," and it could stomp out any fantasy value you could ever hope for. So. That's what we have to realize, too, as fantasy owners. NFL coaches don't give a shit about your fantasy team. <laughs> no, zero. Zero percent. I mean, a guy drafted low could easily break out and be a very good fantasy player. I mean, uh, Antonio Brown was a six-round pick, I believe, last year. Uh, uh, Eli Mitchell was – I believe he was undrafted. And look yep. at what he did. Now he's he's a top twenty four back going into this year. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be drafted as the first running back in this draft to be valuable, uh, but it helps. And it definitely the more capital a team puts into you, uh, the more likely you're going to get opportunity just because they've invested a lot into you. Yeah, and nothing about your draft capital handcuffs you to any. Uh, spot into a team, you know, just because you're a first-round pick, it might mean they'll give you four or five years to see what you you turn into, but you always have to earn your spot. You always have to earn your uh, plays and your reps and your snaps, and NFL is a very earned game. Nothing's really given to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at – I mean, plenty of wide receivers. We were just talking about it, what was it, yesterday maybe? Um, oh, man, yeah. 2020, there was, what, six or seven wide receivers drafted in that first round. And, yep. I mean, that was Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry 
and Ruggs and Rager. Well, obviously, Ruggs is kind of an outlier because he's not playing for different reasons because he's a piece of shit. Uh, but Jalen Rager, he didn't prove himself. Um, yep. And look at what's happened to him. They drafted Devontae Smith the next year. They're Devonta Smith the next year. And then they went out and traded for A.J. Brown. So he didn't prove it in a short term. And now he's a he's a cut candidate for that team. And he was a first-round pick two years ago. Exactly. And that's where uh, the player we were talking about was K.J. Osborne. Minnesota Vikings, uh, I'd say almost a lock for the wide receiver three position. And in camp, they're talking about him possibly outperforming Adam Thielen in uh, yardage sense. Uh, just the way that he's being moved around and where he's being played, what reps he's getting in this cock offense, it can support oh, multiple wide receivers. So uh, if Adam Thielen's health does continue to deteriorate, it looks like KJ Osborne, a number 15 receiver in a 2020 draft class that was really deep at that position, maybe he could bust into some fantasy relevance this year. Uh, while we're talking about it, that is a tough choice for some people. You know, you have a really powerful offense like the Vikings or the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They have multiple fantasy options in that offense. And then you look at a team like Detroit or Jacksonville, and it's like you don't even want their best fantasy option. In my eyes, I always want to be around those point scorers, not like the best piece of shit, you know? Well, <laughs> for lack of a better I, word. I, I get what you're saying. Obviously, you want players on high-scoring teams. Good players on high-scoring teams are going to score a lot of points, whether that's through yards or touchdowns. Um but, yes. I mean, you look at a team like the Jaguars who, like you said, shitty team. And the Jaguars two years ago had, um, and even for a good portion of last year, James Robinson, he was solid yeah. on that team. There wasn't a lot to like about the Jaguars. James Robinson was a player to like on that team. A lot. I mean, he was a dynasty asset. He was solid yearly uh, in the yearly league his rookie year. Uh, same thing with... Uh, the Texans, like there's not a lot of guys on the Texans that you love, um, but Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a it's, solid guy to have on that team. Damian Pierce is looking like a solid guy to have on that team. A lot of camp rumblings coming out about him. So I I agree and disagree, I guess, because I don't think just because it's a bad team means I'm going to avoid their players. But there's not as many – there's certainly not as many players on these bad teams that I like. That's but even the Bears, I mean, Bears have, Bears have kind of a, an average mediocre team, but they have three, four, fantasy relevant players on there between Fields, Mooney, Montgomery, and Komet. Shields, oh Fields, 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 Fields. yeah. I think you're stretching a little bit to get Komet in there, but I'll give it to you this year. <laughs> I hey man, I gotta drive his value up. He's on my dynasty team. 
but I do like him a lot, especially when you look at that team right now. Uh, Valus Jones, he's banged up. Nikhil Harry gets a, a high ankle sprain. Which the whole team's seen. hurt besides those four players, man. It, I know, but Mooney is going to be getting a, a ton of targets. And then Komet is the clear-cut number two guy right now. So I don't think it's outrageous to think that a guy, a tight end who could get 100 targets, um, does not show fantasy value. And your biggest threat for Mooney and Komet, both on the same roster, at this point is probably Terrell Owens. So I think you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, so I'm solid in that aspect. But yeah, I was thinking I'm of happy. analogies. I'm, I'm sticking with the biggest piece of shit here. Okay. You're choosing between the smallest golden nugget or the biggest piece of shit. Which one are you taking? Oh. Uh, I think it's situational. Uh, I mean, obviously, gold Absolutely. sounds better than shit. So, when, yeah. when you, when you put it that like way, a... I mean, can you give me – throw me an example. Give me an example of players. So, okay, KJ Osborne like, was stuck between... in my head right now. Okay. So, let's go KJ or um, – who would you say Detroit's number one is right now? Amon Ross St. Brown? Yeah. Probably. Uh, KJ or Amonra, the sun god himself? Uh, I would go Amonra. Okay, okay. Um, who's Jacksonville's number one? Uh, Christian Kirk, but Christian Kirk just got hurt. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, he limped off the field this morning. I don't know if it's anything serious or not. I haven't dove into it, but. Um, son of a. I would, I would take Kirk over um, KJ Osborne if Christian Kirk is healthy. But the thing is, you're asking would I take the number one wide receiver or the number three wide receiver on a team? Like, if KJ Osborne is the clear cut number two on the Vikings offense, I think that's a different story than possibly being the number two, especially with Thielen being such a red zone threat. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. It's just interesting to think that, about. That's where it's some people me, would value being into that very high-powered offense. Some people value uh, the vacancy, the absolutely nothing going on, and having the only viable option there. Um, I think both both sides have their points, um, and they both have their negatives at times. So. It's just interesting to see how different people take it. Targets equal opportunity. A target that team to produce, but you look at it and he had three receptions for like eighty-six yards and a touchdown, Uh, but he had twelve targets. And when you look at three catches on 12 targets, you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's that's not very good. When you look at three for 86 <laughs> and a score, that's awesome. But if he gets four targets, yeah. he's not getting three for 86 and a score. He needs those targets yep. to be able to get that. A hundred percent. That's where your targets uh, equals your opportunities. 
but we want to talk a little bit about some running backs here. Now, Ooh, I'm down. you you are a little you're a little biased. Um, I would say you're, you're generally biased, especially when it comes to uh, who do you value as the first overall pick in a redraft league right now, um, because I think the two consensus, in my opinion, are between JT and and C-Mac. 100%. And you know which way I would lean. I, if I'm a betting man, I'd say you say Jonathan Taylor. You would be correct as well. Yeah, I would. If I have the first pick, 100%, I would be taking Jonathan Taylor this year. So what, what makes you take JT over McCaffrey? Uh, it's just the injury history, you know? Both players are excellent. I would even argue that when healthy, McCaffrey has shown he can score higher fantasy weekly performances. Um, you know, when he's in, he gets you over 25 points a week. It's just a, it's just a guarantee. The dude gets his eight catches for 60 yards, so he's starting at a 14-point baseline just on receiving. And then if he can add on a touchdown, he's at 30 points. You know, it, like, the guy just scores fantasy like it's his job. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, in a sense, it is kind of his job, um, <laughs> at least to get those receptions and yards. Uh, so how many – so the injury is the only thing that sets you back for McCaffrey and Taylor, right? Yes, being 26 years old, coming off an injury season, uh, both of them were not – they didn't compound. It wasn't like a knee and then a, a high ankle. It was a, a wrist and a, a shin knee deal. So it, it's tough, but neither one was avoidable. He's healthy. He's working out hard. The coaches said he's going to keep reps off him a little bit more than they had previously. So I think he's got a real good potential to be a comeback player of the year. So how many games does McCaffrey have to play for you to be like, okay, I would take him over JT? Uh, my number is uh, – it's t- I'd say 14. That's where I was. If he at can too. get you through the the season of fantasy football and get you to the playoffs, if he plays all that, you're probably sitting at the number one spot with wherever you draft him. And I know you can't really pick and choose on it. Um, you know, if he, it's a little bit different for me. If he missed, you know, out of seventeen games, he misses three in the middle of the year, and he's back for fantasy playoffs. It's it's a lot tougher if he plays those games and then he misses the fantasy playoffs. A hundred percent agreed. That that would be the dream scenario. Miss like a week after his bye week and then come back and play the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dream scenario would be just playing every game and being healthy again, like he had for the first three, four years of his career. Yep. But running backs take a lot of beating. Um, you can't go wrong with either of those two players, Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. I don't think so either. They're tier one, tier two. Are you taking a running back? If you have pick three, 
are you still taking a running back? Or are you fading more towards uh, Cup and Jefferson? In my, my eyes, you have a couple guys here yet that are still worth it. Because with JT and McCaffrey, you have the potential to score that 25, 30 points a week. Mm-hmm. If you fade the running back position at pick three in a 12-team league and it, you don't get another pick until, what is that, pick 20 or pick 21? Right around there, yeah. You're looking at RB, probably RB12-ish, maybe RB15 as your first starter. Uh, If you have, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs and James Conner, you'd be happy with both of those guys getting a combined 30 points week to week. You uh, Connor have to showed aim for that biggest potential. Yeah, I mean Connor showed last year that he could put up 30 points. Um, he didn't do it consistently, but he was Connor was pretty darn good last year, but he was touchdown dependent. I I mean the first like six, seven, eight weeks of the year, he had a touchdown or two every game, um, which was yeah. the biggest push for him at the beginning. Uh, he he's got more got, yards and receptions later on. but He's got a big touchdown regression coming, in my opinion. And I picked both those names because we're not even going to name them in this episode. Uh, we're just going to rank the top-end running backs, like the top yeah. 12. And so I, neither one me, of those guys hits it for me personally. After that, for me, I think I'm – so I think Taylor and McCaffrey are Tier 1. Tier then 2. there's the break. Yep. I think I'm looking at Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and I'd put Dalvin Cook in there too. You're not sneaking Najee Harris into this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's definitely comparable in there. I don't think he's uh, – if he's in tier three, I don't think it's a big drop uh, to tier yeah. three from him. Um, I don't think he's that far from Cook. But if I'm picking at three, I don't think I'm taking Najee Harris. I think I'd be taking one of those three guys. Okay, so we had Eckler, Henry, and who was your third? Sorry. Cook. Cook. That That's tough to argue right there. Uh, those being a top five, I, I'd almost agree with you. I might sneak Najee into that mix. Um, I also, you know, I love my boy DeAndre Swift. Last year think- when he was healthy, he was on a RB two pace behind Derrick Henry. Uh, obviously McCaffrey was hurt too. But I think he could sneak into the top five this year with a fully healthy season as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think he's got the potential if he stays healthy. I mean, plus that team, yep. they're playing from behind a lot, right? And when you're playing from behind and you're pass catching running back, you're going to get opportunity both on the ground and yep. through the air. So I, I definitely think Swift has uh, value this year. For me, I think he sits probably closer to. Uh, Man, he's like RB7, I think. So I think I'd put Najee ahead of Swift this year. Um, And I think, like I said, I would take Henry, 
uh, Eckler and Cook. I, those are the guys I'd, I'd heavily consider at three. So I've seen Najee drop because you got to think if you're drafting, um, Najee is going to be – he could easily go pick eight, nine, ten. Or, I mean, especially when you got a couple of those top-end wide receivers going. It depends on the draft. But I think if you're looking at things, I think he – I've seen a couple of times where he's fallen out of the first round. Holy cow. Which I think that is just seems steal. crazy to me. Yeah, I think it's an absolute steal if you get him there. If you were to take back-to-back, you know, get him at 12 or 13, like, that would be crazy. Um, I don't think that's the overall consensus, and it definitely depends on uh, what league you're in, right? Um, yeah. You know, when you're in, a like, our league, our uh, yearly league, you know, last year I think we had 12 running backs go in the first <laughs> – first 12 picks um but now Straight you got up Justin, every pick but i wouldn't be surprised if you see cup jefferson chase and kelsey all all go oh that'd be interesting i mean anything can happen at any given draft and it only takes one guy to have a boner for a team to really throw a wrench in some schemes Last year was definitely irregular having 12 RBs straight go off. Definitely. But that's those are the feelings you have to fight inside yourself when you're on the clock and you now have a minute and a half or you're two minutes and you're looking at that list of RBs and you're thinking, man, is it really worth waiting another 10 picks to look at this list again and take take another pick? That's the concerning thing with running back. Take your guy now, you know. That yeah, no, I get it. That's that's where I'm concerned with running back as a whole. If you're not taking one in the first round, and you know, don't get me wrong, there's zero RB is a a thing. You know, a lot of people like it. Um, I don't think I'm a big fan of it just because of who you get. But you look in some of the later rounds, and some of those guys, you know, you go zero RB through the first, you know we'll say four rounds. Um, you can still get somebody like Chase Edmonds who has a good chance of being the starter there in Miami. You could get a guy like AJ Dillon who's going to spell some carries there. Um, Montgomery's going to be gone. Swift is going to be gone, but they're like a Devin Singletary is still going to hold value this year, you know, between Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, like you, you can still get guys. It's not going to be, the top end guy. It's not going to be that power guy that you want. That's going to get you a consistent 10, 15, 20, well, 10 as a floor, hopefully, or 15 to 20 points minimum. Um, yeah. But you should be able to supplement that with getting somebody like Jefferson and possibly Chase or Jefferson and Mark Andrews and Mike Williams or something along those lines. I would hope. 100%. Uh, like you said, it comes down to personal preference, and for me, I cannot bite the bullet and go for those uh, zero RB teams. That just cannot do it. It's not in my blood. <laughs> like running backs uh, are the I reason I fucking love too. fantasy football. You know, picking up like LT and Sean Taylor, uh, Sean Alexander. It's like, yeah, you are the ones I want to freaking watch score touchdowns, not. Terrell Owens or whoever else. 
<laughs> Terrell Owens. Why do you keep going back to Terrell Owens? Is he coming Until back? Terrell was good. He dominated. And that good dude, he always seems fit. This time of year, you'll see a tweet in about a week when someone tears an ACL, he's going to go, hey, I've been staying in game shape. Like, that always happens. And it's happened for, what, 10 years now? It's insane. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, he's he's in good shape. <laughs> Dude's been working out. What can you say? Okay, so we have the tier break at five. We had CMC, JT, and the tier one. We have Cook, Henry, and Austin Eckler in tier two. I don't argue with it at you at all. How big is this tier three for you? It's I mean, probably we already five. said five. Yeah. Najee, uh, can you sneak Montgomery up into here? Mm. Let's see. Um, yeah, NFC North. Do you have uh, Aaron Jones up in here? Yeah, Aaron Jones is probably in that next tier. Um, yep, he'll be a top 10 guy. I, uh, I, well, the thing is, we've already named seven people, right? Six or seven people between Swift to Jonathan seven Taylor. Najee and Swift. Yep. So if I'm throwing five guys in there, I think they have a chance of being an RB one, but not a top ten guy. Like I don't think Aaron Jones necessarily. I think he has a chance at top ten, but I think with, with AJ Dillon spelling him, um, you know, he could easily fall to RB fourteen this year. You know, be still good. You know, yes. the way I see it, I guess, are we in tier three or are we in tier four now? We're, we're still tier three. I, and for me, I agree with you with Swift and Najee. Um, who else is in this tier, basically? Or do you want to – I think they might even bump up into Swift uh, tier two, man. That would just make it easier, you know? Are you – okay, here's the way I see it. The reason why I would say Najee and Swift are tier three, and maybe they're in a tier of their own. Um, I think Joe Mixon um, is probably in a similar tier as those guys. Uh, but I think I'm taking them over Joe Mixon. Um, but are you, let's say, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey go, are you drafting DeAndre Swift at three in the yearly league? Oh, it'd be tough to pass Eckler, honestly. Are you <laughs> are you drafting so him over Dalvin Cook? Derrick Henry is the only one I would consider Swift over. Okay, and so that's and that's kind of are you borderline with that? So if you get let's say Eckler and then Cook go three and four, you're at five. Is that where you're considering Swift? Yes. Yeah, personally. So maybe then maybe um, Henry gets dropped down a little bit in your tier rankings. Um, I just I feel like every That's time you pass point. up on on the Yeti is when you end up getting burned. <laughs> uh, Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, eventually that's going to come back, right? And the Yeti's not going to be the Yeti, but until he proves that he's not the guy. Um, he came back last year. He played. Um, it wasn't as great, but he's looking great in camp right now. 
I know where that next Yeti can be. It's in that frozen tundra up in Green Bay, man. AJ Dillon, we talked about this as well yesterday. The comparisons AJ Dillon has to Derrick Henry are fucking insane. They are like spitting images of each other in their first two years. It's nuts. And then AJ Dillon is about three pounds heavier and two two inches shorter. And it's all in them fucking legs, man. He is a beast. And in December, people don't want to mess with him in Green Bay. Yeah, and the legs, the legs being, um, or the height being shorter, it's really not a big deal, especially for a no. <laughs> Yeah, you're going from 6'3 to 6'1. You're still on the taller side for RBs. Yeah. They're just massive uh, that, that's human where, beings. That's where in a zero RB, AJ Dillon, Dillon probably is an early season, um, like, shining star. But I do think that AJ Dillon later in the year, um, especially come, like, November, December, could pose a lot of value because he's more of a bruiser than Aaron Jones is. So if they want to get a guy on the ground in cold weather, that's the guy to deal with. Yeah, 100%. I just had to toot to this horn a little bit. I love them thighs. We all know. Yeah, you're, uh, you're a thigh guy. So yeah. <laughs> Going back to our tiers, you are probably right. I probably bump Henry out of that tier two and make my tier three. Come Swift, on to Najee, running back. Man, Henry. Yep. And that gets me to RB7. Um. After that, Nixon? I think you, you throw in some names. I think Mixon, I think Kamara Jones, is arguably Kamara. in there. Yep, Aaron Jones. Um, and there's probably – I'm probably – Nick Chubb is probably in there. Although oh, yeah. With the Kareem Hunt news, I think that's even more valuable. Yeah, but they're, I don't think they're going to get rid of Kareem Hunt. Uh, they've already denied his trade request, so – I don't think that's going to happen, but it could, right? No, uh, it's a to, possibility. Just to play devil's advocate here, uh, if your player requests a trade and you're like, yeah, fuck you, let's get him out of here, you get nothing for him. It never goes the team's way when they accept that, oh, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, you want to trade Jimmy GQ? All right, let's send you out of here. What do you mean no one uh, wants to trade for you? What the fuck? Exception right. to the rule, Deshaun Watson. I heard rumor well, that Tyreek Hill wanted to get traded, and that's why they moved on from him. Tyreek Hill got a lot. Devontae Adams requested a trade, and Devontae Adams player, got a haul for him. If your player's not exceptional, if they ask for a trade and you publicly say you're going to trade him, it generally doesn't maximize value. If Russell the player Wilson. has the talent, you'll just get Matthew the value Stafford. no matter what. Uh, all, did did any of these guys say they wanted to be traded? Like, did that come out before they were traded? Devontae Adams requested a trade. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I believe, requested a trade. Deshaun Watson did. Matt Stafford did. Russell Wilson did. Um, so, yeah, there was they were requesting trades. But, okay, so Stafford, they gave up Goff. They 
dump that contract. That's kind of that was a shit trade. Uh, would you have Wilson? They didn't get much for Wilson in Seattle, did they? Like a third round pick? Mm, I thought they got maybe. Uh, no, I think they got like two first round picks, a third, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and uh, some defensive tackle. I don't remember what his name was. They got a haul for him too. Two first round picks? I'm pretty sure. And I think that's what Stafford went for. Maybe Stafford was one well, first and a, a later pick after that. I don't I don't a hundred percent remember, but it, these guys didn't go for for pennies. You know, they were paid for. But to your point, um, it depends on the value of the player. Somebody like Kareem Hunt, you know, and Keel Harry says, "I want to be traded." Well, you're not getting a first round for Keel Harry. It does definitely depend on the value of the guy. Kareem Hunt, um, he could definitely step in and be a starter for or at least a split backfield for quite a few teams. Oh, yeah. I'd so, say you're talking about a better part of the league, maybe a third or more. I I would agree with that. Um, so if he steps in there and he's got legitimate value for, we'll say, you know, 10 of the 32 teams, well, that's going to draw some interest in him. But I still think he probably at the highest he goes for is like a fourth. I don't think he garnishes um, that much value going there, especially knowing that he's got a contract. You know, I, maybe a Kansas City would be a good spot for him. Um, Buffalo, maybe the, the Texans, but he's got to want to go to some of these places too. Yeah. That's the other tough part. Um, shoot. Because why, why would the Texans trade uh, a third round pick? to get Kareem Hunt when he's like, yeah, I'm not re-signing with you guys next year. Like, it's a waste of – if it's a team that's going to compete this year like the Chiefs could, then him going to the Chiefs would make sense. Get the you know, they could, the ring. They could – a third-round pick for an opportunity at a Super Bowl ring, no-brainer. A third-round pick for a guy who's going to lead your team next year and you're going to be last in your division, it, <laughs> it'd be terrible. Okay, so does Chubb make it into that tier? I think with some so. Of those other guys. Yeah, I think okay. he's with Mixon. He's with Kamara. Um, he's with Aaron Jones. I, he's up there. I think if you're drafting at eight, I think you would take Nick Chubb. I you could easily make an argument to take Nick Chubb at eight. One hundred percent, you could. Okay, so and then do you call tier break or who are some other guys we got here? Ah oh, man, driving, not seeing the list. <laughs> I'm uh, running out of names. I'm, strug- off the top I'm of my struggling head. I mean, with names here. <laughs> Zeke is definitely on that list. Saquon Barkley is on that list. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt is starting to to creep in as far as an opportunity guy. Um, James Conner, for sure. David Montgomery is starting to get up there. They're probably all fairly close to each other with Hunt probably being towards the bottom of that. I just have a hard time taking, um, you know, this is your first RB, right? If you're drafting here, 
in this right this era or area that's your first guy and i don't want to take kareem hunt as my my rb1 i did I just park so i'm looking at an espn list for some other names uh they have leonard Fournette pretty freaking high yeah I, I mean i can see it again you heard the reports of him coming in fat well Todd Bull says he's in good shape and, you know, he's back with Brady. He doesn't have really a lot of competition down there. You know what? Rashad White, the rookie, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Like, it's not much a competition down there. So, no, it's all his role. He's going to get the carries. He's he's a pass catcher. If he has the conditioning to stay on the field for 95% of snaps, he's going to be on the field for 95% of snaps. So, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the other name here is Javonta Williams. I'm just – that's in a backfield. With Melvin Gordon me. there, with Melvin Gordon there, I just cannot buy into him being a, a reliable fantasy running back. Well, before we started and said we were going to go into running back rankings, I was going to suggest we talk about backfields that scare us. And that's a backfield that scares me because okay. <laughs> I, I think Javonta is a solid – he's a great player, in my opinion. I think he has the ability to be a great player. Um, yep. If he's getting a 70-30 split, that's, that's one thing. If it's 50-50 with Melvin Gordon, he's still going to get his share, but it's not going to be RB1. In my opinion, he'll be like he'll be like the AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones deal. They're they're both gonna take away from each other. They'll both be usable in fantasy football, but they both probably finish as RB twos. Not to you mention know? if you're you're in a split backfield on a team that has Russell Wilson now throwing the ball, he's gonna command a lot more um, attempts through the air than Drew Locke did, and you got Jerry yeah. Judy and Cortland Sutton out there. So those guys are going to get their opportunities too. Um, I think Williams is maybe the third guy with Tim Patrick going down. He's he's probably the third best asset on that team. But yeah, it's it's a little bit different um, when you have a potential future Hall of Fame quarterback on your team throwing the ball than Baker Mayfield, where you need to run it with Hunt and Chubb. Yep, that's a, a great point. Another backfield we kind of rambled through was New England. I have not ever seen a consistent running back come out of that backfield. I've, I've never I've never liked New England running backs. It, it's never felt good. I mean, you get no. like Damian Harris when Harris is playing well. Oh, shit. We lost you for a minute there. I can finish what he's saying. When he's playing well, he's startable. But then as soon as this motherfucker fumbles the ball, your coach just loses his fucking mind and won't play him for a day after. He might not even start the next week. <laughs> it's nuts. Like That's the football coach, not a fantasy football owner, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's a backfield I avoid like the plague. Um. Another one I think, I think you name for a different reason is Baltimore. Your running back plays quarterback. 
The ball is always going to go through him. Uh, very similarly would be Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Maybe and not one to of mention, these guys becomes the guy, but Buffalo also has Singletary, Zach Moss, and they drafted James Cook. Now, James Cook, I think, is going to step over and take that job, but it's not it's not going to be right away at the beginning of this year. It might not even be this no. year. And Josh Allen is going to get his red zone carries. So a lot of those yep. touchdowns are going to go to Josh Allen. It's yeah, it's not deemed amazing for him. Um, Miami, Miami's got five running backs on that team that people have liked over the last couple of years. Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, and Chase Edmonds. Like they have, they have five running backs on that team. Like Chase is probably the guy. After that, you don't really know, but. You could easily see Mike McDaniels came from the Shanahan offense. Like he, he was with them for a couple of years, and we know how the 49ers treat their running backs. It's I love this guy this year. It's Raheem Mostert this year. Oh, then it's Jeff Wilson. Then it's Eli Mitchell. Like we don't really know what's going on over there. Rinse and repeat, pump them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that that's a, another good point. Um, I can't think of another. Oh. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, it's a, a solid rushing yeah, offense. Yeah. There's definitely a starting running back for fantasy football on that team. Am I going to pick him? Probably not. <laughs> Sanders, again, RB2 guy. He's a guy in a zero RB league where maybe you're taking him in like, if you can get him in the fourth round. I don't know where he's going ADP wise. I haven't looked recently, but Boston Scott, going to get opportunity. Kenneth Gangwell is going to get opportunity. Sanders is the bell cow, but is he the bell cow? I don't think so. I would not say so either. And that's that's kind of the uh, the gist of it. In the running back situations that don't have a solid starter. And, and you could be a solid starter and then get spelled for a guy. Um, and you can both still be viable. Chubb and Hunt, Jones and Dylan. But Zeke you gotta have some sort of Zeke and Pollard. You gotta have some sort of starting point. You both have to be talented, and that's what a lot of these backfields are lacking. Like maybe one of these pieces could be good as a complement to someone else, but with their current situations, not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting, but. I think we got kind of to roughly around our top 12. Yeah, I was going to say, let's recap that. We had Tier 1, JTCMC. Tier 2, Eckler, Henry, and Cook-ish. And mm-hmm. it's also, we'll call it like Tier 2A and then Tier 2B. <laughs> or Tier 2, Tier 3, you know, however you want to put tier it. Two, however you want to put it. They're very close, though. They should be, like, lowercase yeah. numbers or something. You got Swift and uh, Najee Harris in that Tier 3. Then we're going to Tier 4 with Mixon, Kamara, Aaron Jones, maybe even Nick Chubb. Yep. And uh, that's 11. So, unless you want to sneak in, like, a uh, – Leonard Fournette or 
James Conner or Javante Williams or David Montgomery, Zeke. None See, of those me, guys really want to make it, and I don't give a yeah, shit about the 12th guy. Yeah, all those guys, they're about the same for me too. And I'm probably lower than consensus on some of those guys. And, um, you know, maybe the the draft network or fantasy pros or the footballers have them higher, but I just don't, I don't value them as high as the other guys. And, that, and that's, where, that's where that tier breaking is important. Absolutely. You know? It's like you, we, I think we both kind of agree where that pick 12 at RB is kind of the same as like maybe pick 16, 17 at RB. They're, those players aren't going to change drastically in their output at the end of the season. Where I see like tier one and possibly, possibly tier two, except I, I feel like I have to rank Cook over Eckler because I don't think Eckler could do it. But I think Henry, Cook, uh, McCaffrey, and Jonathan Taylor could all finish as the RB1. Overall. Somebody like Leonard Fournette, uh, Javonta Williams, James Conner, I think that they're fighting for low-end RB1. Like, they're going to be good on your team. Where you're probably getting them is where they should be going. You're most likely not getting them, you know, down into the third round or late third round or um, quite that far. But, you know, the top end guys are gone. Yeah. So when I'm, when I'm ranking my guys, I like them, valuable for your team but I don't think they're going to be better than the other guys we listed. I think those other guys have a better potential to have a higher uh, point total at the end of the year and be more consistent than those guys will be. Hell yeah, player. Well, that's all I got. And my phone's at 2%. So we should probably. Oh this up. shit. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me, bud. Uh, all right. It's a great week. We're one day closer. One week closer to some real NFL action. Fantasy is so close. Let's I can smell go. It. I taste it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, buddy. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye.